Some few minutes to encourage ourselves with the word of God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise for your word. You are a faithful God. You are a great God. And we are excited to sit under your feet to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. There was once a preacher. On his way to church, he met a group of unbelievers. And because they know that he's a pastor, they stopped him and said, Pastor, we want to ask you a question. He said, yes, why not? Go ahead. He says, is it true that a person can go to heaven without going to church. And the pastor said, yes, it's true. And the person said, wow, that is the answer that we are waiting for. We are excited to hear that. Thank you, pastor. Then the pastor said, hold on. I also want to ask you a question. And I want you to give me an answer. The pastor said, why would you want to go to heaven where we will be praising our God forever when you refuse to take time to praise him on earth. Why would you want to go to heaven to be with God's people for eternity when you scorn their fellowship and ignore their communion on earth? That was what changed the mind of the unbelievers. And as part of our 35th anniversary, I want to talk to you briefly about the church. About the church. So, I have entitled it, The Church Jesus Built. The church Christ built. You see, all that our Lord Jesus ever did and said was for our admonition. As we listen and learn to him, we not only discover the most peaceable and enjoyable life which is possible here on earth, but we also discover the most priceless gift available to all of us. If you came to church with your Bible, and this morning I want to ask you to do something. If you came to church with your Bible, I want you to open to the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And, and when you do that, we're all going to rise to our feet and we're going to read it together. All of us, we're going to rise to our feet and we're going to read this scripture together. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Can we project it? All right. Can we rise to our feet? And I want us to read it all together in the New King James Version. Shall we go? And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this walk, I will build my church. And the gate of haze shall not prevail against it. In Jesus' name, amen. Kindly take your seat. The first time Jesus used the word church 
is right here. That is the first time he used the word church. And we understand that the word church also means the called out ones or to be called out from. The church of our Lord Jesus Christ then constitute those who have been called out from sin. Those who have been called out from disbelief to faith in Christ Jesus. If you are here this morning, if you are a believer, you have been called out from sin. You have been called out from unbelief. You have been called out from deception of the enemy into the family of our Lord Jesus Christ called the church. And, and, and the Bible again tells us, it tells us that the Bible says that we, that is you and I, according to First Peter chapter 2, 9 to 10, it says that you, because you have been called out, you are a chosen generation. First Peter chapter 2, 9 to 10, because you have been called out, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of where? Darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received abundance of mercy. Now you have received grace. Now you have received power. Now you have received what? Wisdom. Why? Because you have been called out into the family of God. I love this scripture. It says you are what? A chosen people. No matter what anybody does, you are what? A chosen person. You are a royal, you are a holy nation, a people belonging to God. The enemy cannot take you away from God. Why? Because you are a person who belongs to God. And he said that you may do what? That we may do what? That we may proclaim, that we may declare the praises of him who called out us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is why we must be proud as sons and daughters of God. That is why Sunday morning we gather ourselves and tell ourselves we are going to gather with our fellow brothers and sisters so that we can proclaim the praise of him who has called out. So we come to church to give him praise. In our various houses and homes and our job places, we lift our voice to praise him. Why? Because that is what we have been called to do. Wow, I love it. The church, the institution that Christ loved and gave himself for it is today still very, very vibrant. It is still what? A living church. Not because of any history, but rather the church that Jesus built lives forever because it is characterized by four fundamental foundational truths. Four fundamental foundational truths. That is what has made the church what it is now. And that is what will continue to make the church a great church. Foundations are very important. You can ask the architects and the technicians and all of that. I remember when we were doing this foundation, we came around and these architects and technicians will be will be calculating things and will be and then we will be standing there. I said, ah, but this thing just put it down and let us go. You say it doesn't work like that. You need to be what? Very technical 
about it because it is the foundation of this building. We were looking at the superstructure, but for them, their concentration is on what? On the foundation. The most important part of any building is not the superstructure. It is what? The foundation. So more time is spent on the foundation. More resources goes into the foundation. More, more materials goes into the foundation. Because that is the most important part of the building. It makes no difference how pretty and how beautiful the windows are. Yesterday when we were going home, my wife saw these nice windows made with wood. and said, this is so beautiful. It, it, it may be beautiful, but if the foundation is not solid, the beauty of the window does not matter. It doesn't matter how elaborate the, 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 the roofing is. If, if the foundation is not strong, it holds no ground. It makes no difference how it is fitted with all kinds of things. Air conditioning, central one, whatever. If the, if the foundation is not solid, if the foundation is not strong, that building is not stable and that building is not secured. That is why the church is strong. Because the foundation is what? Is solid. More resources have gone into it. More prayers have gone into it. That is why it is so solid. The foundation of a building determines how long the building will be. The foundation of the building determines how wide the building will be. The foundation of the building determines how high it will go. Somebody was telling me, you see, when you are going to Accra, this, uh, when you get to uh, Kufour Hotel, you see this tall building. The person was telling me that anytime I get here, it, it feels like this building is coming down. I said, no, it's not coming down. He said, what? He said, because the foundation there is strong to hold the height of that building. The foundation of the building determines whether or not the building will be able to withstand earthquake, storms, or adverse weather that are sure to what? To come. The foundation of the building is absolutely critical to the stability and the longevity of the building. Our church has lasted for 35 years. Churches have lasted for 100 years. Some have lasted for a long time. What is the secret of that? And that is what we want to look at. Four foundational and fundamental truths. First, number one, the person of the church. The person of the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus says something very, very important. He said, I will build what? My church. The person of the church is the person. Christ. He said he made a very important and emphatic statement. Definite statement. He said I. He didn't say we. He said I. He didn't say they. He said I. He didn't say them. He said I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. So the church is strong, the church is firm, the church is still thriving because it is built on a person who is a living person who is who? Christ Jesus. So we can always refer to him as what? The owner 
of the church. We have companies that were built on people. The moment the person dies, the company also does what goes down with the person. In the same way, we have companies that have existed for a longer period of time. Even though the owners are dead, what is the secret? The secret is simply the structures that were put in place. The structures have lived beyond the person who created that company. For our church and for the church of God, the person who created is not dead. He is still alive and he is still living. Therefore, our church is strong and it will forever be strong because it is built on a person called Jesus Christ. No one can doubt the personality of Jesus. No one can doubt the authority of Jesus. No one can doubt the right of Jesus holding to the fact that the church is his. No one. Is there anybody that can doubt that? Let the person come and prove it. Let the person come and say that it is not I did it. And we will show him that you cannot do that. Nobody can Nobody can undermine the the authenticity of Jesus. That is why our church is strong. And I love how it captures it in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives, even as who? Christ. Loved the church and did what? Gave himself to it. He has given himself to the church. He has given his all to the church. He has given gift to the church. He has empowered the church. He himself has given himself all to the church. So tell me, who can resist the growth of the church? Who can resist the progress of the church? He continued to say it in Matthew chapter 13. So Matthew chapter 16 again. Let's start from verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. 16, 13. 1613. It says, when Jesus came into the what? He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say what I am? So they asked, so they, they said, Some say, John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah. Or some also say you are the prophet. Then he asked them what he said to them. But who do you say I am? And then what happened? And Jesus said, or Peter, Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is the confession of Peter. This is the confession of Peter. Proud to this, Jesus had not fully revealed himself to his disciples. So when Peter said that, Jesus answered, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jordan, for flesh and blood has not what revealed to you, but my father who is in heaven. Then he continued to say. Then he continued to say that. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gate. I like the one that said the gate of hell. And the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. He says the gate of hell cannot prevail against it. 
This morning, I'm here to tell you that this church and the church of God, the universal church, is still alive. Is still alive. I don't see and I can't foresee when the church will die because Jesus is alive. He said he has given himself unless he decides not to give. But I don't know when he is going to do that. So long as he has given himself to the church, we will still be alive. We will still be strong. Somebody be rest assured that what you belong to, what you have, what you have attached yourself to is strong, is solid, is powerful. It is like when you want to take an insurance policy, one of the first questions that you ask the company, how long has this company been in existence? Especially these days that you cannot predict. When you are going to the bank, you ask, how long has this bank been in existence? Am I older than the bank or the bank is older than me? But for our church, we know the person behind the church. Number two, The people of the church. The people of the church is one of the fundamental foundations of the church. The people of the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of of the living God. The people of the church are people of faith. People who have made same confession that Peter made that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the chosen God, the savior of sinful men, the redeemer of all creation. If we have also made this confession, we are part of this great church. Hello. And Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. Says, for the church of God which is at Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saint with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus. You are part of the reason why the church is still alive. Oh, you are not happy about that? You are part of the reason why the church is alive. Why? Because we hear all kinds of things. We hear all kinds of allegations. But every Sunday we tell ourselves, I will still go to church. I will still read my Bible. I will still pray. You are part of the reason why the church is still alive. And I know Dr. Otterbell will confess that he is where he is because of the people that were with him. Because of the people that have supported him. Because of the people that have encouraged him. Because anytime he comes to stand and preach, people will come and listen. That is good enough. And for this church, that is encouraging enough. However, 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 however. It is believed that the average church today is so second rated that when one becomes normal, everyone thinks it is abnormal. However, it looks like what the world is saying is getting into us. So our zeal our confidence, our enthusiasm is gradually going down. On a given Sunday, in most churches, including our church, 
less than 50% of members are present. Do you agree with me? You, you agree with me? If we should go into our books, Francis, we will have how many members? Almost 300. Almost 300. But on a Sunday, we have less than 50% of that. The average church member today really support his church at all their services of worship, discipleship, Bible study, sweeping, arranging, building. Is that true? Yes. You are part of this church. You cannot, we cannot disappoint the church. Jesus has done enough for us to continue with the building. Most members, and I know it happens here, find it difficult to attend church. Uh, I want to use a word. Yes, consecutively. Isn't the case? It is. Most members do not go to church continuously. Somewhere, somehow, they will find reason why this Sunday I can't go to church. Even though there's no reason. And fewer of members contribute at least at least 10% of their income. Hello. But my prayer is that we will understand and catch a new vision and a new commitment towards the church. It's very important. I love the church. I cannot recall the number of times I have missed church from the day I was born till now. I have consistently and persistently and deliberately and confidently be part of the church. If I don't come to church Sunday here, then probably I have an appointment somewhere else, which is also a Sunday. But for me to say that today, I'm not going to go to church. I will sit in the house and do what? Sleep, watch cartoons, and, 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 and do WhatsApp on the phone. No, it won't happen. Even when I am not too well, you will not even notice it. I will still come to church. That is the level of commitment and beyond that is what we have to show. Why? Because we are part of the foundation of the church. If anybody comes here and this place is vacant, the person will, is something happening here? But if somebody comes here and people are here, the person will know that this is a living church and this is a growing church. So I want to be part of this church. Very soon we'll start awarding uh, attendance. I'll take the first prize. You see, when you read Exodus chapter 17 verse 12, there's something beautiful that happened there in the life of Moses. Exodus chapter 17 verse 12. Exodus 17 verse 12. But Moses' hand became what? Heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and who? This word, how do you pronounce it? How? Supported his hand. One on one side. The other on the other side. And his hand did what? Were steady until the going down 
of the Son. We must hold the church until Jesus comes to take his church. He says, Moses was very pivotal to the victory that they were seeking for because the people were fighting and when any time the hand of Moses goes down, they start experiencing difficulties and all of that. So they said that if that is the case, he's human, he will be tired. Let us go and support him. Someone should hold their left hand, another person the right hand, so that we will win the battle. That is the picture for you and I today. The hand of the church is going down. Because some of you are standing and watching. That is not how to build the church. Somebody should go and hold the right hand. And some of us will hold the left hand. Nobody will be left standing and watching and observing and taking notes and taking. No, we are all supporting it. We are all holding it. We are all agreeing it. We will hold it. We will build it. We will support it because we are part of the growth of the church. Who will be on the left side? Who will be on the right side? I will be on the left side. My wife will be on the right side. And the choir will be on the right side. And all of us, we will divide ourselves. We will support the left, we will support the right. So that we will stand to the end. In the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 34 to 35. I love what he says there. Very, very important about the church. Acts chapter 4, 34. It says, it says, this happened though. It's, it happened. It says, none was there anyone among them who did what? Lacked. Where? In the church. For all who were possessors of what? Lands or houses sold them and brought the proceed of the things that were sold and gave it to the apostles and they were distributed amongst the needy and none was in need. None lacked in the church. Why? Because those who had money, those who had buildings, those who had possession decided that because I am part of the church, I will ensure that nobody lacks here. So they will sell, bring it, share it amongst them. May that happen in our church. That a time is coming that we will lack nothing because we ourselves will support ourselves and make it work. It is possible. Peter said, David said in Psalm 27 verse 4. It says, one thing that I have desire of the Lord that I will seek that I may where dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. You are part of the church. Tell yourself, I am part of the foundation of the church. I am part of the reason why the church has existed for all these years. 35 and beyond, I am part. Therefore, I will play my part. Number three. The strength of the church. The strength of the church. The strength of the church. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. The reason why the church 
is still striving and is still alive and we are still here and we are still praising and worshiping God is that of the strength of the church. The strength of the church. Give me King James. King James. King James mentioned the word hell, right? And I will, okay, let me read my own. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will, and, and I give unto thee the keys of heaven, of the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. The Bible is talking about the very gate of hell cannot, shall not prevail against the church. In the olden days, I know some of you have read about it. The, the cities were protected by huge buildings. Some of you have even visited China to see the Great Wall of China, right? Isn't it? Yeah, very soon we'll go there some. They are so huge. And there is only one gate that you can enter into the city. And when you get to that gate, you realize that it is a, a, an economic booming center where you will meet all kinds of businessmen and women doing business and transacting business. You will encounter all kinds of things before you can move into the main city. So when the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church, it means that whatever hell does, whatever hell does, it can never prevail against the, 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 the church. Hell can decide to do all kinds of things, but the church will still be alive. And over the years, he has tried to disrupt the doctrine of the church with his lie, but it has not worked. He has tried to intimidate the church with fear and possession, but it has not worked. He has tried to send false teachers to corrupt the church and lead the church astray, but it has not worked. He has tried sending backbited and slanders to try to disrupt the unity of the church, but it has not worked. He has tried to infuse worldliness into the church to dilute the message of grace and the message of Christ, but it has not worked. He has sent wolves in sheep clothing to try to destroy the church, but it has not worked. Watch this. Despite his best effort, Satan can never defeat the church. Because the church stands on an invisible foundation of Christ. Jesus said the very gate of hell cannot prevail against the church. There was a Roman empire. In his time he fought the church. Killed a lot of Christians. Then he, he resurrected a memorial in, 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 in commemoration of what he has done. That, okay, this one, when you see it, it means that I have destroyed all Christians. The, after some few years, this same empire died. And whatever he did came down. And the church is still alive. There was another Roman empire. After he has also tried to destroy the church, he built a coffin. Indicating that this is the end of the church. The church is here. I have killed the church and everything. When he died, he was put in coffin and was buried. But Jesus, when they went into his tomb, they found out the tomb is what? Is empty. He was not there. He has risen. And he is the orchestrator. He is the initiator of the church. Devil, you cannot destroy the church. I know you have tried. Uh, trying to deceive us. Trying to bring all kinds of things telling us it is it doesn't worth it to come to church what is this that you go to church and somebody will be standing and talking to you they, they have tried all things but you and I we know that the enemy will try but he will not succeed that is why we are here today we will be here tomorrow we will be here the next day 2019 we are here 
2020 we will be there. The church is still going on. Devil, you can't do anything about it. The church cannot be destroyed. Its truth cannot be denied. Its power cannot be defeated. Its presence cannot be diminished. And its savior cannot be dismissed. Another one. I don't know about you, but for me, I am glad to be with this new winning team. Uh, the church will always win. I am glad that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I am glad that the greater is in me who is greater than what is in the world. I am glad that all things are working for my good according to the purpose of Christ for my life. I am glad that when the enemy come in one way, he shall flee in seven ways. I am glad that the promises that have been said about me in his word will sustain me and I will see the fruit of my labor. I am glad that the enemy has been destroyed. I am glad that I have been delivered. That I have been provided for. That I have been encouraged. That I have been strong. In the midst of the storm I have been glad that the church has helped me. When we were down, anytime we stood, anytime we sat and the preacher or Dr. Otabel preached or other preachers preached, it encourages us. It lifts us up. I remember some time ago, I was sick. That was so many years ago. And all that I heard in my ears was that you are going to die. You are going to die. To the extent that I told my mother, hey, when I die, don't cry. Tell my brothers, when I die, don't cry. But anytime I tune in the television, I heard the voice of Ad Bishop. I heard the voice of uh, um, uh, Sari, And I heard the voice of our papa. And they kept telling me, you will not die, but you will leave to declare the church has helped me because of the strength of the church I am here, we are here we will continue to be here ah number three the power of the church ah, I love this one that's the last one, the power of the church. See, there is power in the church. There is power available. There is power available. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 again. Verse 18. We'll be, we'll be ending it quickly. And I say to you, this one, I want NIV. I want to make a point down there. NIV, let's start from 19. And what? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Did you see that? The kingdom of heaven. You and I, we are here on earth. But this scripture tells us that he will give us what? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Our kingdomship is beyond the, the confines of this earth. He says, I will give you the keys of heaven. Whatever, it means what? Whatever. You bind on where? Earth will respond in heaven. Oh, you don't see it. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Why? Because the keys of the kingdom of heaven 
has been given unto the church. And you are the church. You are the church. It says whatever you lose here on earth, that is the power that is available unto you. Child of God, you have power. Oh, I said you have power because you have the keys. If I should give you this key, right now, if I ask you go and, and, and drive that car, it is not locked. You can open it and you can sit in it. You can uh, dance in it. But you cannot move it. Why? Because you don't have the keys. So whatever you do, you can pray over it for 24 hours. Come, move, move. It will not move. Because you don't have the keys. The moment I give you the keys, do you pray? Do you pray in tongues? Do you agree with anybody? Do you debate with anybody? It is mine, it is mine, it is mine. You don't argue with anybody. You just hold the key and you walk. And you open it and you sit in it and then you turn it and then off you go. Every one of us, the keys of heaven has been given unto you. You have to rise and begin to open some doors. You have to rise and begin to open some doors. And heaven will respond to you. Heaven will respond to you. It is time for you to take your rightful place. Son of God, daughter of God, rise to your feet. You have the keys. There is power available. We, we don't argue and debate with anybody on head here. Oh, we don't do that because we have the keys. And heaven responds. It is not your boss who will respond. It is not the government who will respond. It is not anybody that will respond. But heaven will respond because I have the keys to open, to lose, to declare. It is the power of the church. That is why we are still here. Because when the enemy comes we open the door when we the, when temptation comes we open when the difficulty comes we lose in the name of Jesus somebody lift a voice and begin to open some doors you are the church you are part of the church I am excited to be part of the church I have the keys 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 I have the keys. I have the keys. Oh, I have the keys. Please give me Isaiah 22 verse 22. Isaiah 22 22. I have the keys. It is a symbol of power. It is a symbol of authority. In The keys of the kingdom are God's gifts to his people to state heaven's verdict on earth. To declare heaven's verdict on where? This is as I say that I will, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. Whatever he opens, no one can what? Shut. And whatever he shut, no one can open. That is the authority you have. So why are you not shutting some things down? Why are you not opening some things? You have the power. You have the backing of Christ. You have the authority of Christ. You belong to the church. Somebody, you got to open some doors. You got to shut some doors. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7. That's the last scripture. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7. Kalalabu shatar. Say, oh Lord, thank you for the keys. Today I stand here and I declare the verdict of heaven in my life, in my family, in my business, in my church. I release, I pronounce, I declare, 
I restrain, I resist, I open, I shout in the name of Jesus and heaven will respond. 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 Hey, heaven will respond in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Go to somebody and shake the hand of the person. He says that you have the keys, my brother. You rise up, you have the keys. Oh, I know you are discouraged, but you have the keys. I know you are down, but you have the keys. It doesn't look good, but you have the keys. It looks like you are losing it. You are not, you have the keys. Open the door. In the name of Jesus. And I declare over your life that in this year 2019, you will open some doors. And no enemy can shut it. No demon can shut it. No principality can shut it. In the name of Jesus, you will open some doors. You will close some doors. You will walk in the door. Somebody give a shout and a praise unto our God. The Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a high five and take your seat in the presence of the Almighty God. Wow. I love the church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. It is time for us to bring our project offering and our first fruit. If you came to church with your first fruit, with your project offering, I want you to just lift it up even as we pray and the choir comes to minister. We will bring our project offering unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.